Come on, let's love the Lord together this evening. Would you do it? Come on, let's praise him together. Let's let some incense, let's let some worship arise in this house tonight. Jesus, we love you. We magnify you, great God. We bless your name today, Jesus. You are awesome in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's love him for just a moment more right now. I feel his presence so evidently in this room right now. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, God. Magnify you, Jesus. We bless your name together this evening, God. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, please, to Numbers chapter 10 and Judges chapter 1. Numbers chapter 10 and Judges chapter 1. And while you are turning there or looking toward the screen, I want to say what a high and special honor it is for Sister Dutton and I to be here tonight. We love coming to Apostolic Life. And uh, it is a privilege for us to be here. And uh, thank you so much. We, um, I have been blessed. I've got a list on my phone of about nine pastors that have told me if you uh, ever have an open Sunday or an open service on your schedule, give us a call. And if we can use you, we'll use you. And if we can't use you, we'll just tell you we'll catch you next time. And, uh, and Brother Robbins is one of those men who have been so very kind to me to allow that uh, freedom. And I, because I do have a number of pastors that have made that offer, I try to make it a matter of prayer. I don't just just randomly call people I pray about it I seek God and we were scheduled this morning but tonight was open and I I felt very directed very directed of the Holy Ghost that we were supposed to be at apostolic life but you do have to clear that with the pastor I don't just show up and be like you know give me the microphone trust me you know and so Wednesday um, I called Pastor Robbins and, and he very graciously allowed us to be here tonight and I feel very strongly that we are here in the will of God together. And thank you, Brother Robbins, for allowing us to be here. It's a high honor and privilege. The hotel room, the gift basket are both excellent. It's a very special privilege to meet Sister Robbins tonight. We honor her and appreciate her. And uh, I, I told her before church that I love Arizona's no humidity. And I... I Perhaps because we had gotten this booked on Wednesday, I think it was Thursday, I walked out into this humidity and I just thought instantly, I thought the only proof that Brother Robbins should ever need, that Sister Robbins loves him, is that she would leave that glorious no humidity weather to step into this oven. Somebody said, if you want to know what summertime in Mississippi's like, try taking a shower with your clothes on and stay like that for three months. And that's summertime in Mississippi. And uh, so it's, it's very good to meet you, Sister Robbins. We honor you today. I want to take a brief moment and give a quick, quick shout-out. And I know uh, I need to preach tonight, and I'm going to. But I want to give a quick shout-out to every Bible quizzer in this room. Uh, Apostolic Life for the last several years has been at the forefront of Bible quizzing in the Mississippi District. And I honor all of the quizzers, the coaches, the quiz parents. I know you've applauded them several times already this year, but would you indulge me and give them a round of applause tonight? Uh, and lest you should think what they're doing is easy, 
uh, find Brother Damon and he'll give you a list of the verses they memorized and, and you try to memorize them and you'll have a deeper appreciation for what these children and young people are doing. Amen. It's very good to see Brother and Sister Maddox here tonight. We love them and appreciate them very much and I honor them tonight. There's a lot I could say about this sermon but I learned a long time ago when you have a word from the Lord the best thing to do is just preach it and then let the Lord do what He wants to do. Numbers chapter 10 and verse 29. And Moses said unto Hobab, The son, everybody say the son, of Raguel the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. We are journeying unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good. For the Lord hath spoken good concerning Israel. And Hobab said unto him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my own kindred. But Moses, he just comes right back and said, Leave us not, I pray thee. Watch what he says. For as much as thou knowest how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and thou mayest be to us instead of eyes. And it shall be, if thou go with us, yea, it shall be that what goodness the Lord shall do unto us, the same will we do unto thee. And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them in the three days' journey to search out a resting place for them. Turn with me now, or look toward the screen, Judges chapter 1 and verse 16. And the children, everybody say the children. Of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah. Everybody say Judah. Into the wilderness of Judah, which lieth in the south of Arad. And they went and dwelt among the people. Numbers chapter 10, verse 29. (coughs) Moses says to the son of his father-in-law. So he says to his brother-in-law, Hobab, come with us. Come with us. And I, I have a, such a simple, basic message, but I believe a word from the Lord for apostolic life tonight. Now, I, I want to preach very simply, come with us. Come with us. Would you lift your hands and let's pray that the Holy Ghost will talk to us in this room on this Sunday night. God, I love you. I honor you and praise you tonight, God. I need you. Jesus' name. If you're going to help me preach, would you say amen? God bless you. Please be seated. In our text tonight, we read of a man named Hobab. Now, folks, I'm just going to tell you Hobab is not a character that we read that much about. In the Bible. He's not one of the best Bible's better known characters. This is not Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob we are dealing with. This is Hobab. This is not Peter, James, or John. This is Hobab. 
He's not even one of the characters that have a small book of the Bible named after him, such as Jonah, Zephaniah, Haggai. I think it's a fair statement to say that there's not a lot of us that know much about this man named Hobab. The reason I'm pretty confident in that saying is statement is because, Brother Robbins, there's not a whole lot to know about Hobab. You, you don't, I have yet, I have yet, I have yet. Brother Robbins will text me occasionally, and, and we don't talk all the time, but just once in a while he'll text me. But, but not one time has he ever text me and said, you know, we just finished a five-part Wednesday night Bible study series on the lives and the life and times of Hobab. I, I love getting on Facebook on Sunday night, and you read about great reports, and somebody gets the Holy Ghost over here, and somebody getting healed over here, but I, I have yet to get on Facebook. And I'm friends with Brother Dustin Cook on Facebook, but not one time have I ever got on Facebook on Sunday night after church, and he said, man, the, the praise team. Sung that new C.C. Winan song about Hobab tonight. And it was lit, man. The place was on fire. That just don't happen. And yet I'm here tonight to preach to us about Hobab. Now let me be very clear. I'm not preaching about him just so I can get on Facebook tonight and say, I preached about Hobab. That would be a pretty silly reason to preach about somebody be a pretty silly reason to do anything, I suppose. I'm preaching to us tonight about this man because I feel that his life teaches us a simple lesson. So let's quickly examine his life. We, we read in the book of Numbers chapter 10, and if you read that chapter, he, he appears, Brother Robbins, to just kind of show up out of nowhere. I mean, you're just reading along, and all of a sudden now... Moses is having a conversation with the Bible describes him as the son of Moses' father-in-law. He is Moses' brother-in-law is who he is. And you, you read Moses and Hobab talking and, and Moses just looks at him and says, we want you to come with us. And I don't, I don't want to take too much liberty with the scripture here tonight, but it appears to me that Hobab has kind of been... Uh, hanging around the children of Israel, apparently some at this point. The Bible doesn't tell us how long. We don't know how long he had been there. But the simple truth of the matter is, um, if he had been been around them for any length of time at all, that means one very simple thing. You could not be around the children of Israel for as much as a day without witnessing miracles. If he was there for just a, maybe he's there for a day, maybe he's there for a week, maybe he's there for a month. But if he's there for any length of time at all, there's a very high probability he would have heard his brother-in-law say, he would have heard Moses say, excuse me, uh, brother-in-law, I got to step outside the tent flap and get our, get our meals for the day. He would have seen the manna. And unless he was fasting the whole time he was there, he would have tasted the manna. Angels food. The Bible tells us that they were followed by a rock 
in typology, Corinthians says that rock was Christ, but they were followed by a rock. And, and, and you know, I hear preachers preach about this rock, and, and there's water coming out. And if I'm not careful, I read that, and I kind of dumb it down. And you kind of envision a, a, a line of Hebrews standing by this rock, and there's like a little faucet and water just coming out in a trickle. But there's two and a half million people there, ladies and gentlemen. I, I mean, they got to have enough water for them. To drink, for them to bathe, they got to have enough water for their animals. You cannot imagine the amount of water. This wasn't some stream or trickle. You, there's no way to possibly gauge how much water they would have had to have for that host of people. And, and so Hobab is there and he sees it. He, he kind of takes it in. And again, we don't know how long he's there, but apparently he's there for a little while. And after them being there, after him being there for a certain amount of time, Moses walks up to him and he says this, we are journeying unto the place of which the Lord hath said, I will give it to you. So come with us and we will do you good for the Lord hath spoken good concerning Israel. It was as if Moses was looking at his brother-in-law and was saying this you know what we're glad to have had you for the last few days or weeks or however long but Hobab you've kind of been tasting the manna you've kind of been drinking the water and Hobab you you, you kind of know what we're all about now so Hobab I, I would like for to extend you an invitation not just to hang around the edges anymore but I want you to come with us you, you've sampled the water you've sampled the manna but Hobab I want you to take your relationship with with God to the next level you need to come with us and if you come with us we will do you good come on Hobab you've been hanging around you've been coming around and we're glad you're here but there's another step in the process you've got to come with us you've got to make up in your mind we are going on a journey and I'm going to go with God's people now I appreciate your response I don't want to get you built up and then drop you like a rock. But Hobab looks at him and says, no thanks. Enjoyed the samples. That manna, pretty good. That water from a rock you got, that's pretty neat stuff right there. But uh, he says, I'm going to go back to my people. But I'm so glad Moses didn't take no for an answer. Watch what he says. And I don't remember the exact verse, but it's somewhere like verse 31 or 32. If you could put it back on the screen. He says, leave us not, I pray thee. Watch. Watch what he says to Hobab. For as much as you know how we are to encamp in the wilderness. And you can be eyes for us. Now, I haven't talked to Brother Robbins about this. He has no idea what I was preaching. We didn't talk about any of this. We never talk about hardly any of this. And so I'm not operating in the gifts here. This is just more common sense, okay? I know from being in ministry and just watching people, and I know from having a pastor, a dad who is a pastor for 30 years almost, there are people, Brother Robbins, that you meet. And they may not have the Holy Ghost yet. They may never have never been baptized in Jesus' name yet. They may not can name five of the Ten Commandments. They may not know two of the four Gospels. But when you meet them, you go home and you tell Sister Robbins, man, if we could just get them full of the Holy Ghost and just get them discipled, there is something there. I, I, I know, I, I would dare say, you have, you have said to your, just met somebody and looked at them and said, boy, 
I know exactly where me and the Lord could put them in the church if they would just, just get where they need to be. I've got a place. And that's exactly what happens to Moses. He looks at Hobab and says, come on, man, don't leave me. I've already been watching you. And I know you know this wilderness, and we just happen to be walking through this wilderness. So I've got a place for you. God's got a job for you, Hobab. I know exactly where God wants to use you. But Hobab, you got to come with us. If you're going to be used the way God wants to you, I feel the Holy Ghost on me now. If you're going to be used the way God wants to use you, Hobab, and God's going to take you to the level that he wants to take you you've got to make up in your mind that i'm not just going to sample a few friends benefits but i'm going to come with us i'm going to make the trip i'm not going to just be content to come around every now and then and, and just enjoy the social aspect of the church i'm preaching somewhere in this pew today to a hobab and i'm telling you god's got a call on your life god's got an anointing on your life god's got something for you to do but you got to make the trip Come on, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere, and you've got to come with us. And if you come with us, God's going to anoint you, and God's going to bless you, and God's going to use you. I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. My wife's pastor, before she moved from Michigan, a wonderful, wonderful man, Brother Trammell. I was in Michigan a few months ago and, and got to spend a couple hours with him. And uh, I can't describe to you the affection and love I have for Bishop David Trammell. Whew. He was at our church that my dad pastored for 25 years, and Brother Trammell just, he just got it, man. He's just got it. And uh, we had a little boy there. I mean, kid probably couldn't have been more than six years old, seven years old. And Brother Trammell preached one morning, Sunday morning. He was, on, if I remember right, he was on his way to because of the times. Dad said, "Stop and preach for us." And Brother Trammell preached, and little dude is in the altar just praying. And Brother Trammell puts his hand on his head and prays with him for just a couple minutes. He told my dad after church, he said, "I don't know who that kid is, but there's a call of God on his life to preach." You hear me? Dad said, well, "I wouldn't doubt it." The kid had already been saying, six years old, he told my dad, he said, when you, when you get ready to leave here, Brother Dutton, I'm going to be the next pastor of this church. Dad said, I wouldn't doubt it, Brother Trammell. That kid, that's a special kid right there. Years go by. Brother Trammell comes back. Now, you got to know Brother Trammell travels all over the world. He's not going to remember one little kid in rural Mississippi. But about 10 years go by. Kid's 16, 17 years old now, and Brother Trammell comes back. Kid's in the altar praying, and Brother Trammell just puts his hand on his head, and immediately he turns to my dad. He said, this guy has got a call on his life to preach the gospel. You hear me. My point is this. Now, I, I hope he's doing great since we left. They've got a wonderful pastor, and God's doing great things, and I thank God for that. But unfortunately, at least when we left two years ago, he just hadn't made the trip yet. 
There was a call there. There's an anointing there. You can see it. You can feel it. And I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost right now, I I am telling you, there are callings and anointings that God has on individuals in this room. But you've just kind of been, you know, just sampling and just, just hanging around the edges of the church. But I'm telling you, if you will get in with both feet, if you'll say, Brother Robbins, I'm not going to make you beg me to be there on Sunday morning and Sunday night. I'm going to be there. I'm telling you, there's an anointing and a calling and God wants to use you. But Hobab, you've got to make the trip. You've got to make the trip. He goes on, he tells Hobab, he says, he says, if you'll go with us, yea, it shall be that what goodness the Lord shall do for us, that's what we'll do for you. In other words, if you'll go with us, you'll be blessed the same way we're blessed. The same way we have been protected and provided for is the same way that you can be protected and provided for. The same way God has provided manna for us and the same way that God has supplied our needs is the same way that God can supply your needs. But there are some things, ladies and gentlemen, that are just reserved for those who commit. They're just reserved for those who make the trip. I'm telling you, you have no idea how God wants to bless your life. You have no idea. You have no idea what God wants to pour out on your life but he is waiting until you make the trip until you say I've decided I'm not I'm not turning around I'm not going back I will go I will go I will go if you come with us Moses told Hobab we'll do you good we will come with us and we will do you good and I'm telling somebody today that the church is going to bless your life the church is going to bless your family the church is going to bless your home the church is going to bless you every way possible but you've got to make up in your mind you've got to make up in your mind I will go I will make the trip I don't have a multi-point sermon today I just feel very compelled of the Holy Ghost to preach to somebody that there's so much more God has for you there's so you can enjoy the fringe benefits if you want or you can jump in with both feet and say you know what I've decided to follow Jesus I've decided to follow. I'm telling you, you don't know. You don't know how God will bless your life. You don't know how God will bless your family. You don't know what all all God's waiting to unlock on you. But you've got to make the trip. Brother Robbins, this is the most simple message there is. But you're not going to be saved without it. We've got to decide. I'm going with him. That's why Jesus, how many times do you read about it in the New Testament? Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. When when the Lord first gave me this message years ago, he directed me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse number 35. The next day John stood and two of his disciples and looking on Jesus as he walked, he says, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak. They followed Jesus. And Jesus turns and says, what are you looking for? And they said, Rabbi, which is being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? You know what he said in the very next verse? Come and see. You know what he was saying, Brother Robbins? Come with me. 
Make, make the trip. And the Bible says they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him. And one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So what does Andrew do in the next verse? He goes and finds Simon, his brother, and says, We found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brings him to Jesus. And Jesus said, You're Simon, son of Jonah, but thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, but you shall be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So the next day, Jesus goes and he finds Philip. And he says, Follow me. And Philip goes and follows Jesus. And what does Philip do? Philip finds Nathaniel. And saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel goes, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip says, Come and see. What's the moral of the story? Jesus gets Andrew. Andrew goes and gets Peter. Jesus goes and gets Philip. Philip goes and gets Nathaniel. What's your point, Brother Dutton? My point is, you have no idea who would follow you. You have no idea who you could impact if you would just follow him. If you would just make the trip. If you, I'm preaching to people in this room that are a linchpin for revival in your family. You are a linchpin for revival in your circle of friends. And if you'll make up your mind, I'm going with him. I'm going to make the trip. I'm telling you, your influence knows no bounds. God can use you to reach people that you wouldn't even dream or imagine. But you're not going to be influential that way. If you don't, come with us. I'm telling you, I feel this so strong in the Holy Ghost right now. There are people with... There are people with callings, anointings. There's people with a circle of influence. God would blow your mind how he wants to use you. But God's looking for some commitment out of somebody in this house. You've been coming and you've been sampling. You've been kind of hanging around the edges. And I'm telling you in the name of Jesus Christ, if you will come with us, if you will commit, I'm telling you God wants to bless your life. Come on, lift your hand. I'm almost done. I, I'm not going to preach a long time here because I feel such a tug of the Holy Ghost. God's pulling on somebody right now. Come on, I'm telling you, lady. I'm telling you, sir. You've got such a calling on you. You've got such an anointing on you. But Hobab, you got to come with us. I'm talking to some young person in this room. God will use you beyond your wildest imagination. But you've got to come with us. You've got to come with us. You've got, you've got to take another step in your journey. God's pulling on you right now. Musicians, help me now, please. Come on, 
come with us. Come on, Hobab. I know where I know where God wants to plug you in. I know the anointing that God's got on you, man. I know God's got something special for you, but you gotta come with us. Make the trip. Commit. Listen to me, I'm gonna quit right here. But listen to me. After he, he finishes up that conversation, Brother Robbins, he says, the same way that God blessed us, that's how you're gonna be blessed. And the next verse just says, they departed. It's Numbers 10.33. I read it in our text tonight. And, and, and that's where Moses, who is the author of the book of Numbers, that's where he leaves the story. So we don't ever know what happens to Hobab. At least not here. Does he stay or does he go back? Does he commit or does... In order to find out what happened to Hobab, you have to go over to our other text scripture. Judges chapter 1. Here's what the Bible says. Judges 1 and 16. And the children, everybody say the children, of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law. Remember, Hobab was the son of Moses' father-in-law. The children of Moses' father-in-law went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah. Into the south. This is important for two reasons. Number one, in numbers it was, it was Hobab, the son of Moses' father-in-law. But apparently, oh, Hobab decided to commit. And when he did, what happened to Andrew and what happened to Nathaniel is what happened to Hobab. Next thing, it's not just Hobab. He's gone and got some siblings and said, come with me. And the next thing you read is that they are with the children of Judah. And that's important because whenever Israel would strike out, the first tribe out was Judah. What did Moses tell Hobab back in Numbers 10? I got a place for you right at the head of the line, Hobab. You're going to be scouts for us. You're going to be eyes for us. And oh, Hobab, once he committed, Moses said, I knew it. Look, you right there. Right where God had you all along, Hobab. Right where God had you all along. That's where you're supposed to be, Hobab. You are fulfilling God's plan for your life. Listen to me. I'm not trying to be grandstanding here. I'm not a pastor. I don't claim to be. I don't know the heart of a pastor. I've never had one. I can't speak to that. But I've watched my dad for 30 years. And Sister Robbins, I don't know of anything that brought him more joy as a pastor than to watch somebody step into their destiny and fulfill I knew, I knew they could do it. I knew God had that. I knew God was going to use them. But by the same token, I don't know of anything maybe that frustrated him anymore than to see somebody, Brother Robbins, that's loaded with potential. But they just won't make the trip. And and, and there's a lot I could say right here, but I'm just going to say this. I have felt very so strongly in the Holy Ghost since Wednesday that I was supposed to come to apostolic life and preach to Hobab somewhere in these chairs. I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are. But somewhere in this room is Hobab. You've been kind of hanging around. You've been kind of floating along. And you know what? We're glad you're here. For, any, for whatever reason you come here, we're glad you're here. But I believe with all my heart, the Holy Ghost sent me here to tell Hobab today. Hey, there's a call on your life. There's an anointing on you. 
There's so much God wants to use you to do. But Hobab, you're not going to step into that casually. You're not just going to lock into that. You've got to buckle down. You've got to commit. And you've got to come with us. You don't know who you could influence. You don't know who you could, who, who you could reach. But you've got to get in with both feet. You need to commit. Come with us. And if you will, the Lord will bless you the way he's blessing us. Jesus, I love you right now. And I feel such a confirmation of the Holy Ghost that I did exactly what you asked me to do tonight. God, somewhere in this room is a hobab. And you're talking to them right now. Not, not, in, not in judgment or harsh condemnation, but you're reaching out to them, God, to let them know that you want to use them. You want to bless their life. But God, you're asking for another step of commitment. He shot. God, I know sometimes commitment is hard and I'm not even standing up here pretending that I've always gotten it right. I'm just asking you to reach down to that heart right now and, and just pull them closer. God, give them courage to make the steps that you've been dealing with them about making. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, there's so many anointings that you want to pour out and callings and, and giftings that you want to pour out if, if Hobab would just come with us. So give some young person, some mom, some dad, some grandparent in this room Whoever you're talking to, God, give them the courage to step out and to make the commitments that you're asking them to make. God, let there be an Orpah or a Ruth in this room who says, if Orpah don't go, I'm still going. If I have to make the trip alone, then so be it. In Jesus' name. I want you to look up at me, and I'm fixing to give an altar call right here. But I, I felt like this was just quick into my mind. Brother Robbins, we love to quote Joshua 24 and 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But let me ask you a question. What happens when nobody in your house wants to serve the Lord? What then? Somebody needs to make up in your mind. If mama don't go, I'm still going. If daddy don't go, I'm still going. If my best friend never goes, I'm still going. Come on, Hobab. God's reaching for you right now. Come with us. Come with us. And if you come with us, we will do you good. Would you stand with me right now? And I'm not going to prolong this. And I'm not here to embarrass anybody. And God's not here to embarrass anybody right now. But somewhere Hobab needs to respond right now. So I'm just going to ask every man and every woman. Every young person and every adult that will. Would you walk with me to an altar right now? And would you find a place. A place of commitment. A place of dedication. Come on Hobab. God wants to use you. God's got an anointing for you. He's got a calling on your life. Come on, the same way that God's blessed us, that's how you can be blessed. But you got to get in. You got to take that next step. Come on, young lady. Come on, young man. God's pulling on you right now. You feel it. He, he's, not, he's not here to hurt you. He's not here to hurt you.
He's tugging on you. He's wanting to pull you to another level. He's wanting to pull you to a deeper place in Him. Come on, pour your heart out to Him right now. Pour your heart out to Him right now. Pour your heart out to Him right now. Shatala barriyada maya.